is Chris. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Popcorn Finance, the show where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. I appreciate you all coming back and joining me here for another episode, especially with everything you have going on. And you probably noticed that I've been uh, popping up into your podcast apps and your feeds a little more frequently than I normally would. And that's just because I'm trying to put out more information as it becomes available uh, and hopefully help you understand what's happening with our economy, with your finances uh, the best way I can. So probably for the time being, I don't know how long, but for uh, for the near future, at least I'll be throwing out some extra episodes to kind of jump on some of these topics as quickly as I can. But for today's episode, I was really excited to get the chance to speak with Caleb Silver, the editor-in-chief of Investopedia.com again, to talk about how what we're dealing with now, how the economy is looking, how that compares to what we dealt with back in 2008 during uh, what some people call the Great Recession. Uh, so there are some key differences. So Caleb's going to help walk us through that, explain the situation, and help us understand how to approach this versus how we approach 2008. I won't say anything else, and uh, let's just throw this over to my conversation with Caleb. Seeing how things are right now, you know, the stock market's going crazy. Uh, the economy feels very uncertain right now. We really have no idea uh, what things are going to look like, you know, two, three months from now. Um, how does this compare to what we saw back in 2008? Because, I mean, at the time, I mean, for people my age, I'm, I'm 30. How old am I? 32. I already forgot how old I am. 32. Uh, I was graduating college right at the start, like right in the middle of the recession, like 2008, 2009. Uh, and that felt crazy, but how, how do you feel now compared to back then? It's a great question. I, I think when we look at what happened in the 2008, 2009 financial crisis, that a lot of that was man-made. In other words, banks were over lending to people that really could not pay back their debts, could not afford the mortgages they were taking. They were giving out mortgages to people that had terrible credit or no credit at all. So we were in a position of what we call over leverage, too much lending too much exposure to people that couldn't pay the bills. And when things tightened up, as they did in 2008, many banks went under, right? This was sort of a man-made crisis in a financial system that wasn't tightly regulated enough, and it blew up. The situation we're facing right now is what we call a black swan event in finance and investing. A black swan event mm -hmm. is when a black swan, literally something comes out of nowhere and disrupts the order of things to a, to a magnitude where financial markets are out of whack, the economy looks in doubt, we're facing a global health pandemic. We haven't faced anything like this in years since the Spanish flu and the stock market was not then what it is now. So this is a, an event out of nowhere that's taken everybody by surprise in terms of its severity and its royal financial markets. But let me be clear, this is a health crisis, right? This is not a stock market crisis. The stock market is the shiny bells and whistles that we watch on TV or we hear on the radio about the Dow going up, the Dow going down, and you know half the country's invested in it, so it's important. But this is a this is a health crisis that is leading into an economic crisis that will have complete new set of solutions once we get to the other side of it, and we will get to the other side of it. Now, what we did learn in two thousand eight and two thousand nine was that our banks were undercapitalized; they couldn't take a shock to the system like the one we had. So there were a lot of rules created around strengthening banks to make sure they didn't lend to people that couldn't pay back their bills. They weren't overextended in terms of making sure they had enough capital reserves on hand before they went out and uh, loaned aggressively to, to individuals or companies that couldn't pay it back. So those structures are better in place. And there's a little bit better of a playbook 
for navigating a financial or an economic crisis like the one we're about to face. And that's in a better place than it was 10, 12 years ago. And that's a good thing. The uncertainty is that we don't know how deep and how long this health crisis is going to go on for, which makes the economic picture uncertain. And that's what's roiling financial markets. We're better positioned to deal with it. We just don't know the size, nature, and severity of the beast that we're dealing with. Oh, that's a great breakdown. I don't think I've ever heard it broken down that clearly, that comparison, because I have heard people referencing back to 2008. Um, and I, was like, I knew it was different, but this was a, you put it into much better words than I could have as far as uh, <laughs> how those two things compare to each other. That's my job. Um, but <laughs> you're going to hear comparisons, Chris, because we always do. Uh, worst day since the financial crisis, worst uh, month for stocks since 1987 or since the Great Depression. That's just a way of scorekeeping. That's the way the financial media scorekeeps, just like sports. You know, we haven't seen this many home runs since, you know, 1961 or mm-hmm. nobody's won this amount of games since, you know, the Golden State Warriors. So you, it's, it's the way the financial media scorekeeps, but it's got very little to do with the real feel of the economy for people like you, for people like your listeners, for me, my colleagues. Everyone feels the economy and markets personally. That's what personal finance is all about. So don't get too caught up in the, you know, best since, worst since, uh, this date or that date. We score keep that way. But what really matters is making sure you're prepared to handle an economic slowdown because we're about to have one. And then if you have the wherewithal to start investing or to start adding to your investments, we've had a pretty big hit to the stock market here. And eventually it will stop and stocks will rise again. So you have an opportunity eventually here to get back in or get in for the first time and start building wealth. Well, Caleb, thank you man, so much for, for coming in and, and providing this information and really, I think, hopefully providing a calming voice um, in this very uncertain, very uneasy time. Uh, if people want to reach out and, and get more information, um, maybe get more resources to better understand what's going on, uh, where's the best place for them to go? Well, they should come to Investopedia because we're here to answer your questions. But we also have a sister site called The Balance that has great personal finance information and investing information, too. There's a lot of free resources out there. I also recommend people talk to a financial advisor or planner if you can and if you have the money to do that. They're not expensive. They pay their fee for service. But because we're in this very unique environment around the coronavirus and it's really uh, roiling financial markets and the economy, we put together a guide for people with very basic questions that we're getting asked every day. At Investopedia, we have the benefit of you know, getting a lot of inbound questions. What is a stock market crash? What's a bear market? What is compound interest? People ask us these questions all the time. So we put together a, a page that's all about the financial implications of the coronavirus for you and your money. That's everything from how you invest, what to do with your investments, how to navigate a bear market, to how to save more, how to cut back on your expenses, when to refinance, how to refinance, when to uh, start putting money back to work in the markets. We have answers to all of the main questions that we've been getting from people on a page called The Financial Implications of Coronavirus for You and Your Money. And I recommend people check that out. But we also want to make ourselves accessible to folks. So if people want to write me, I'm very easy to find on the About Us part of our site. You can write me questions. You can tweet at us. You can chime in and DM us on our on our Instagram accounts. We're here to answer people's questions. That's what we do in good bad in good times and in bad times. We're in a rough time right now. So I think resources like Investopedia, the balance, uh, other sites that are out there, educational sites that are really there to help people are are where we need to go right now. And then if you know somebody who's in the business, a, a planner or an advisor, 
pick their brain or set up a meeting and, and start working with them because that's what they do. They help people not just invest their money, but with holistic financial planning. And that's probably what we need more than anything right now. Thanks again to Caleb Silver for stopping by and I'll put the details to where you can reach out to him, Investopedia, The Balance, find all those resources, all that'll be in the show notes. And one thing he mentioned about reaching out to a financial advisor, which I think is always a great idea, especially when we're dealing with very uncertain times. There may be some very specific details that you need to have worked out with someone who can dig into your personal financial situation, but sometimes you may not be in a position to afford these services. So I want to give a quick shout out to Sharon Epperson. She's the Senior Personal Finance Correspondent with CNBC and I recently had a chance to chat with her and there'll be an episode coming out soon so you know stay on the lookout for that uh, but she gave me two great resources for anyone who's looking to talk with a financial advisor uh, there are two organizations that are providing free financial planning services uh, the first one is the Financial Planning Association and this will be in the show notes as well but I'll just say it right here you can see the information that they have available over at one that's one spelled out O-N-E fpa.org slash pro bono planning. They're actually providing free financial planning services. Uh, right now they have a list of financial advisors who uh, hopefully might be in your area or maybe they might even offer uh, remote services or remote financial planning. So you can go check them out. And then there's savvyladies.org. They are also providing free financial planning services, not just to women, but they do focus on helping women with their finances. So those are two resources you can reach out to if you need someone to talk to and walk through your financial situation and get some direct personal advice. So hopefully that will be helpful for some of you out there listening and I'll be back soon with another update for you. But until then, I hope you all have an amazing rest of your week. Please stay safe and hope you and your family are healthy and I will talk to you soon. Your boy, keep it popping like Mary Poppins.